I'm Dana Healy, and you're listening to Cities Speak. The New Brighton Department of Public Safety oversees police, fire, and EMS, all within one department. Here to talk with us today on how the department is changing and adapting in response to various social stressors related to the pandemic, civil unrest, and calls for racial justice and equity is Tony Pasnick, the Director of Public Safety for the City of New Brighton. Tony has been part of policing New Brighton for three decades starting as a law enforcement explorer at the age of 14 and advancing through the ranks to become the city's public safety director and police chief in 2016. He's also served as a volunteer firefighter in the community for over 20 years. Tony, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, Dana, thanks for the opportunity to be on here with you. So you've been involved with the New Brighton Police Department for so long. What first sparked your interest to be involved in it? Well, you know, from a, a young age, I was always interested in policing, but uh, really the pinnacle moment was a eighth grade home ec class. We took a career interest survey test and it uh, came back that I should either consider being a police officer or a math teacher. And little did I know they shared those results with uh, an organization called Learning for Life, which is part of the Boy Scouts of America. And that's what actually sponsors exploring programs. And so our local police department here in the city of New Brighton continues to this day to sponsor a law enforcement exploring program for youth ages 14 to 21 who might have an interest in policing as a career. And yeah, that was 30 years ago and I just have never left. So. So you were basically headhunted at 14 to be a police officer. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but, you know, we have a really good success story of, you know, um, you know, people coming into our organization through our volunteer programs, whether it be law enforcement exploring or police reserve auxiliary. And we do have a, a fair number of our staff here in our public safety department. I think about a third of our 65 employees are, are graduates of the local school system. So we definitely have that kind of hometown flavor to our, our operations for police and fire here in the city of New Brighton. That's awesome to have those strong ties to the community. Uh, so you're serving the community that you live within. So that that's huge. So you've shown a lot of support for your community, especially during the hard times. And can you tell us uh, about a project that you spearheaded? It was actually back in April, 2018, the Squad Car Bakery Project and other community projects that you've worked on. Yeah, certainly. So uh, the Squad Car Bakery Project, you know, is one where uh, we're really trying to reimagine our community engagement. I challenged um, our staff after I became the public safety director in 2016 um, to think differently about how we were engaging with our residents. And, and for so many years, we were very successful in terms of they would come to us. But I told our staff, we need to start going more towards them. Um, and so we're doing some targeted engagement and some of our uh, more challenged populations, those that maybe didn't have a historically um, good experience with law enforcement because of, um, you know, where they came from, you know, other countries and so forth. And so we tried to um, really focus on a few key neighborhoods. And one of the issues I came up against um, 
was that you know there were underserved populations in in one of our communities that maybe didn't have connections to the resources that that are available out there in the community. And so we've always had a long partnership um, with the Ralph Reeders Food Shelf um, through Moundsview Schools. And even though they relocated from New Brighton to the city of Moundsview. Um, I just asked them, hey, if there's something we could do this summer just to, you know, get some, you know, food to our families um, in New Brighton that might be a need that might not be aware, might not have access to get to your facilities or something that we could do. Um, they took me up on it that week. And so, you know, it was like an immediate turnaround. And so we continue weekly to make deliveries and make connections, um, you know, get food to the those who need it, but also just access provide them that access to the community resources out there. So it was just, um, just leveraging an existing partnership and making it even more impactful on our community. So you've mentioned co um, community engagement and these are such great examples on how you're going out and reaching the community. So what is your uh, definition of community and what does community mean to you? Yeah, so community to me is all about relationships, you know, and, and one of the other things that you know, I'm quite proud of, we just saw the fruition of it just this past weekend, actually, was back in early 2016, before I was even the public safety director here, um, we launched what's called our police police faith community partnership. And so we uh, we invited all 20 faith communities and churches and the religious leaders um, from those um, institutions to our public safety center here. And we met with them for the first time. Um, and we just talked about how we as public safety and, and they as you know heads of the churches could partner together um, to care for our community because um, we're certainly serving the the same populations um, you know and so we wanted to really develop that relationship and um, throughout the years you know we've had a number of um, you know leaders and institutions participate in that but this past weekend uh, a few of those churches partnered together with us to host a free health clinic. And so at Hy-Vee Middle School, we had over 100 people, adults and children served with free medical, dental, vision appointments. They had chiropractic, foot care. Um, and it was just a really um, affirming, you know, partnership. And, and I had two of the, the coordinators come up to me, one who's been with our faith community partnership since the beginning and said, you know, this was a new idea and your partnership in it brought credibility, um, to us doing this. If, if you wouldn't have been involved, I don't know if anybody else would have gotten on board with it. And another one said that, um, you know, it was because we brought the churches together. So this, the state institution back in 2016, gathering all of our faith communities together is what sparked the, the genesis for this whole, um, you know, free medical clinic to happen now in 2021. So that was really reaffirming that those relationships that we continue to invest in and, and create are having impact on our community. And so we were able to serve um, in partnership, you know, all those, all those adults and children with those, those medical and dental services. So that was really reaffirming to see the good work that our officers and our agency are able to do out there on a daily basis. That's amazing, especially that um, 100 people. I mean, that's quite an impact. If you're thinking of uh, 100 people are being served what, related to their health, dental, vision, that's a that's huge. Uh, so that's so, um, as you said, uh, uh, reaffirming that you're able to bring these organizations together and then really touch and impact people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in some cases, you know, people were able to get, you know, 
um, an eye exam and walk out the door with new eyeglasses. They were get, able to get a dental cleaning, maybe even get some extractions taken care of or see a medical physician for a, you know, a long overdue examination. So um, it, it was really nice that we were able to be part of that. Um, and like you say, serve our community. And, and you know, partnerships is, is one of the first words in our organizational mission statement. So we're always looking for those opportunities uh, to come alongside, you know, the organizations and the institutions in the city of New Brighton and beyond our borders uh, that are looking to serve our people here in the city of New Brighton. And that was just a prime example of it. So is that something that's gonna happen again? Well, you know, this it, this was the first time this uh, organization has done one in the state of Minnesota. They're actually from the Pacific Northwest area. And so we know that other communities are looking to do replicate them um, elsewhere in the state. But hopefully that will be something that um, our community as well will pick up again in the future. Um, but, you know, significant financial and volunteer investment from those churches that that chose to participate. So we're really grateful for their um, efforts to, to join in with us in this. That's so great um, to, to hear. So I, I hope that's something that we can see again in the future. Um, so uh, shifting gears uh, uh, for our next portion of our conversation. So uh, with the impact and the outrage of the murder of George Floyd and the growth of the Black Lives Matter movement, especially in Minnesota, what has been a recent adaptation the department has taken in response to this? Yeah, so, you know, immediately after the murder of George Floyd, we started getting a lot of questions, like many local police departments, about our operations and our policies. And I just, you know, took the platform of, you know, we really need to listen to the community and we need to answer all of those questions. And rather than try to just tackle them individually, um, we instead posted all the answers online. So we have a dedicated listen initiative here we have an entire website we update it regularly so all those things that people want to know about policing in the city of new brighton we are very open and transparent about we're also very fortunate that for decades in the city of new brighton we've had public oversight through our citizen um, appointed or city council appointed um, public safety commission so we ha i have a nine body you know sit group of citizen members from our community uh, that meets monthly. And so they're always looking at, you know, policies and data and so forth um, in terms of how we operate here as a public safety department. And further, we've really reimagined public safety, you know, nearly 20 years ago when we went to our organizational model from a separate police and fire departments. And so we have this organizational umbrella and model of policing New Brighton that's really been successful over time. Um, and really focuses on those, you know, the, the safe community and, you know, affirming the human dignity of all in the city of New Brighton and working with those partners um, to make sure that, that we're protecting, serving, and most importantly, I think, educating the community on safety in New Brighton. That's uh, so valuable to ha proactively have that information available. And I know New Brighton has historically um, shown traffic stops, uh, like the breakdowns of demographics related to traffic stops. And that's been going on for years, I believe, to provide that data to the community. Yeah, we're fortunate here in, in Ramsey County. Actually, all the, the law enforcement agencies partnered together back in 2017 to gather the data voluntarily. And then each agency um, is responsible for, for reporting it out to their community. But again, that's one of the things that our Public Safety Commission uh, looks annually at that data, but especially in the past year, we've taken a deeper dive into some of those statistics. Similarly with our use of force numbers, we've always tracked our use of force 
uh, by police officers and, and and reported on that through our public safety commission. And so now we're, um, you know, done a comprehensive review of our policy and, and the incidents and statistics behind those as well. It's great to have that kind of um, uh, de data that you can pull from, and then you're able to make uh, adjustments and changes. So adaption, uh, adaption of policies and systems, it's an ongoing process, right? It's not a do something now and great, it's done. So do you have any upcoming milestones either that you've reached or that you're hoping to reach in the coming years? Yeah, well, you're correct. I mean, our police policy manual is a living, breathing document. It's constantly up, being updated and revised. Um, you know, and some of the things that we're looking at, we're constantly exploring, you know, um, you know, emerging less than lethal technologies, you know, and just making sure that our officers have all of the um, capabilities and resources that may, they might need to safely and effectively de-escalate you know, potentially violent encounters um, that don't involve firearms, because we know that there's a number of incidents out there uh, where there's, you know, either using time, distance, or shielding, or different weapons um, that are, you know, less than lethal. We can we can have a positive outcome in these effects. Um, similarly, we just are, you know, turn the calendar on our, um, you know, body worn camera program that's been around for two years. So we're looking to get our first biennial audit back on that program and to you know, update or refine anything that, that from a programmer policy standpoint when we get the audit results back. Um, so those are just a, a few of the things that we're looking at in terms of you know, policy type um, decision-making coming up here. Thanks so much for that background information. So kind of um, as we wrap up our conversation today, uh, how important is it to you that your department shows support and connects with the community of that of New Brighton? And you've mentioned that many of your um, uh, officers and workers are within residents of New Brighton. So how important is that for you? Oh, it's absolutely critical. You know, we need the trust and legit legitimacy um, from our residents in order to effectively police New Brighton. I often talk about the co-production of public safety. We can't do this out with, without the support of our residents. Um, you know, the police chief that hired me, you know, into this role, you know, a long time ago, he always talked about, you know, the police department needs to be a part of the community, not apart from. And so that's something we really strive for um, is to develop those relationships to be the, you know, proactive presence uh, to, to prevent the next crime from occurring. Um, but we really need the residents to engage with us in order to do that effectively and safely for everyone in the city of New Brighton. Thank you so much for that, Tony. Um, so this is the last question I like to end with. If you could give a piece of advice to your younger self, um, what would it be? Yeah, you know, I think just always be prepared. You know, I've just been so fortunate in, in my, you know, 30 years with the city of New Brighton to be presented a, a number of opportunities, um, you know, sometimes to really get out of my comfort zone and probably stretch myself beyond what I thought was possible. Uh, and it's really always exciting and invigorating um, to to come to work and, and to think of new opportunities and new ways that we can continue to better police New Brighton and provide um, effective and efficient public safety services for the members of our community. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Tony. We really appreciate uh, all the information that you've been able to uh, give us and uh, all the things that you're doing for the community. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for the time and opportunity. And to our viewers at home, 
If you're interested in this content, please like, follow on social media, and subscribe to our weekly e-news blast. And that way you'll always be in touch with what's going on in your community. You've been listening to City Speak. If you've enjoyed this show, please like, comment, and share on social at 9 North Media.